What's up, Dunwoody? Last week's conversation with Andrew Ziffer really hit a nerve. The uh, overcrowding at Dunwoody Schools is a bit out of control. And I'm really glad that we met Andrew and he got to share it with you guys. So after doing this so long, I feel like I've got a pretty good feel on Dunwoody and the school overcrowding thing was totally not on my radar. It's a major problem. At the risk of sounding insensitive about redistricting, I'm not really understanding why a school like Hightower that's not in Dunwoody is included in the Dunwoody cluster of schools. I'm sure there's a reason, but uh, it doesn't make sense to me. And why does our city of 50,000 people have one middle school? I feel like that's a little bit odd also. I really take pride in the show having a positive tone and uh, trying to, you know, put the best out of our city. But me and Justin got seven kids going through these schools, and I'm not saying that the school overcrowding is as important to us as Rooftop Bar, but it's a close second. My name is Matthew Weber. Uh, people who know me call me Matt. People who see my name on Facebook and iTunes and Yard Signs call me Matthew. It's actually turned into a great way to uh, know ahead of time if they know if I know somebody when they say hello. Before starting in real estate and doing this podcast thing, I never heard Matthew from anybody, so it is cool seeing my marketing efforts pay off. I think you can tell I had a hard time talking about myself in the early episodes. So much of real estate and sales in general is just reminding people over and over what you do. Uh, when Justin would plug my real estate services, I would cut them off or roll my eyes, but... Uh, over the past couple months, I've sold two homes directly from the show, so that's long over. You are going to hear me plug my services on every show. We're also contractually obligated to mention Village Orthodontics. I added the show a week ago or so, and I don't remember if I said it on the show or not. If you're self-conscious about your chops, you should totally visit Village Orthodontics. The other dude on the show is Justin. Justin runs PoolDues.com. So those are your three go-to sponsors, me, Justin, and Brett from Village Orthodontics. You want more information about us? Check out whatsupdunwitty.com or call me, 404-502-8683. If you go way back, episodes 17 and 18 were a single interview from City Hall last May. It was our first time there. We met with Director of Economic Development, Michael Starling, who is now a good friend of ours, and Communications Director, Bob Mullen. Bob walked us around the building, introducing us to everybody, and he really made us feel like we belonged there. Super nice. He left Dunwoody a few months later to take a job in Johns Creek, and Dunwoody scrambled for a few months. It was a hard position to fill and takes the right type of person, uh, pretty much somebody that knows the city well enough to be the spokesperson for it. And that's when Eleven Alive's Jennifer Leslie decided that she would step away from reporting to become Dunwoody's new director of communications. This woman is amazing. Her light just shines brighter than most people. Um, You'll hear it. She also listens to the show and wanted me to make sure that I use this sound effect a lot in her episode. Um, here's our conversation with Dunwoody darling, Jennifer Leslie Betcher. What's up, Dunwoody? Welcome back to the What's Up, Dunwoody podcast. So, as you were just saying, Jennifer, what do you do here at City Hall? So, I do a lot of things, and probably more things than I realized when I took the job. Not in a bad way, but um, uh, we... Is there ever a good way for the go <laughs> where you think you were going to do less work? And yes, then... that's right. So um, we do uh, advertising, news releases, work with reporters. We do um, the e-blast every week. We do a quarterly newsletter. Um, we help with strategy. We do some event planning. Um, that is a social lot. Social media. Oh, just right there, that's a lot. Yeah. Who is we? How many people is this? Well, there used to be two of us, and um, our communications manager just left. Her husband got a great job opportunity in Houston. Ashley, yes. Okay. So she um, has, uh, she left a couple weeks ago, so it's just me right now. Ooh. We're hiring for the position, and it, 
to get someone great in here, and that will be nice to kind of... Maybe you can um, hire two guys Yes. <laughs> to take one position, right? I don't know. I think y'all are pretty busy. We're only already. available on Wednesdays, yeah. <laughs> like I said. That, that would be a problem. <laughs> yeah, and we already, um, we already do part of this job for free. Uh, we'll right. be here anyway. Well, that's right. You know? You're almost so. here every Wednesday anyway, interviewing <laughs> every few someone. Weeks. Yeah. yeah, it's could, been really interesting. Get, get me one-seventh a week's worth of health insurance and I'll do it. <laughs> I think, but we can work that out. <laughs> just ensure yeah. one of his five children. Now, can, yeah. you, can, oh, you, des- you, can yeah. you design? We need a graphic designer. Can you get, you can. get mm-hmm. Actually, yeah. That is really? what he does, actually. All right, let's talk. Let's talk, we'll talk after, after the show. show mm-hmm. yeah. I got too much going on. <laughs> <laughs> so what else is different with this job? You wake up a little bit later. I, I do. I wake up later, although I'm trying to wake up early to get about an hour's worth of work done before the day starts, just because that helps me manage the day a little bit better. Yeah. Um, and your kids aren't awake yet. Right. I just sort of like that time in the morning. I should be exercising or something more productive, but um, it's a nice time to just kind of, I guess, uh, get my mindset for the day and get a little bit ahead of things for the day. I think um, everybody knows they should be doing that, but nobody yeah. actually does Well, it. it's easy because still, if I get up at five, that's sleeping in for me. Yeah. And um, I think it's going to take a while for, because I, for seven years, woke up at one thirty or two for work. What? Yeah. And, um, and your body really does get used to it. Um, I was most concerned that coming on this um, schedule that I would need, that I would drag in the afternoons because I used to take a nap every day for at least an hour or sometimes an hour and a half, two hours if I was lucky. Um, where, where? Was there a nap room? No, no, no. Because I would go into work. Yeah. I'd get there about 2.30 and then I'd be... 2.30 at night, yeah. In the morning. In the morning, right, yes. Right. right, right. So I would finish around noon. I'd get home around noon or one and oh. then I'd take a nap until my younger son got home uh, you know, got off the school bus. Okay. So every day was a nap. And if I didn't get a nap, I was angry and bitter and unpleasant all day. I think he deserved a nap. Yeah. So it was, and it sort of broke up my day. And, um, so I thought I would drag, uh, in the afternoon on the schedule, but I haven't, but I do get really sleepy at night. And, um, uh, and it's different for me to walk in the door now at five 5.15, and boom, like, I don't have that transition time that I used to when I would come home, have lunch, take a nap, and then the kids come home and the day, second half of the day starts. So that's been a little bit, having a schedule like everybody else in the world has actually been a little bit of a transition for me. Yeah. So um, I know I will, I, I, I will grow to love it, but I'm, I'm still in that transition phase. You can so. participate with your kids' school now, too, I'm sure. Yeah. A little bit easier. I'm sorry about that. That's terrible. <laughs> no, I, um, it is, it's nice to be able to um, get over there for, you know, teacher conferences or run over for an a orthodontist appointment or something like that. So. You're probably the coolest career day. I don't um, know. Yeah, I mean, it's like so you and astronauts. That's Yeah, right, uh, right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the fighter pilots. Those were the ones that. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I was. Uh, I wondered what my kids would think, especially my younger one, about my job change. And um, it's funny because on my old job, we used to uh, go to movie premieres, which was super cool. We did, you know, like Star Wars. They got to see it before anybody else. Some good perks. Yes, but. Um, Can you adopt me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> With this job, I had a chance to do the. Um, I took my boys to the Nancy's uh, Pizza preview, uh, and they said that was better than any movie preview ever. Really? So it was so good. Oh, kids are dumb. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was so good. It was really. We felt spoiled that night. We 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 were um, you know appetizer. <laughs> they got more than they do when they go out with me. Yeah. Can we have an appetizer? No. <laughs> Did you get, get to water. go to Porter yet? Um, 
we went to Porter before they started uh, selling food, so I've okay. not been to the full deal. But it's a be- it's beautiful inside. So you can get in anywhere. You can get in places that we can't even get in. I don't. Well, you can. No, you went for the preview. We did it. Yeah, yeah. We, did you, that, yeah. we went with Brett Village Orthodontics. Yeah, four doors up. There's right. a plug. I, I saw the pictures. Bing. It looked like a fun time. You went with Audra too. Mm-hmm. And the Aha folks. Well, I figured if anybody would appreciate it, it'd be Audra. Yeah. Right now, so. That's great. It looks, I, mean, I know it's been packed, and I think they're um, expanding their hours as they sort of get into the rhythm. Mm-hmm. But everybody's excited about the first brewery. In fact, that was sort of one of the most interesting calls I've received. Someone from the AJC called to confirm that they were indeed the first brewery in Dunwoody. And yeah. officially, as a city spokesperson, I could say, yes, indeed, that is true. That's so, cool. Yeah. Are people surprised when they call and they're like, oh, wait, I didn't know you worked there? Like when AJC calls or news companies? Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I think uh, most people either uh, already know or maybe don't make the connection. You know, my name change was... Do you uh, just go with Betcher now? Um, on my card, it says Jennifer Leslie Betcher. But okay. when I answer the phone, I just do Jennifer Betcher. And that was because um, uh, I started at 11 Alive in 1998 and then married... I uh, got married about six months after that to my college sweetheart. We had been dating for a long time. But I'd been in the business for about five years, which at the time seemed like a long time. Now it doesn't. And I just felt like changing my name would ruin my career, and so I didn't. And um, and then I started to regret it the more I went in the community here in Dunwoody at church and school. I'm, I've always been better. And so when I um, knew I was coming to the city, I thought, you know, I just – why – continue to live a double life and so i just um, leave the fame behind yeah yeah no you you're kind of tricking at least like one weird stalker out there with like that's right yeah Yeah. can't find her oh well yeah google that was pretty that was pretty hard did you have a lot of fans reach out when you retired um, yeah, people were really, Is that really what it's nice. called when you retire at your age, I guess? Yeah, or I guess transition. I don't yeah. know if that's the word either. Um, uh, but, but there's uh, people that see you every morning. And yeah, people have been really nice. Um, someone wrote a note and sent it to City Hall that was it was waiting for me on my first day here, which uh, was yeah, really sweet. Oh, yeah, you got sweet. the note that I sent? Yeah, nice. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was kind of wondering. It was a little creepy. Yeah. Um, no, it, it, people have been very, very nice. So um, it's been a great transition and I, I still am you know learning every day and um, just trying to trying to work really hard and do my best and um, the uh, former communications director and Ashley they both laid the groundwork so well and left great notes and lists and were so organized more organized than I Bob am, was so. organized huh oh so organized was he? or maybe it was Ashley I don't know but um but they just they really uh you know all everything's in the right place all the pictures are where they need to be and all the all the you know ads from previous years so it makes my job a lot easier did you know anybody here at City Hall before this job opened up I only knew um Michael Smith uh, the public works director through uh, baseball. Our sons played on a team at Murphy Candler uh, many years ago, and so I knew him. And in fact, when I was thinking about um, when I was interviewing for the job, I called him, and um, and he was really gracious and just kind of asked him questions about you know the culture at City Hall and um, whether he thought it would be helpful or difficult living in the same community where you where you work. And he thought for the communications position, it's a it's a plus. And yeah. Bob lives here, and so that was a helpful thing uh, for him. And I think it's been great because I'll drive around and I'll see things and I'll have questions, and I feel like those are the questions that 
um, our residents have. And so um, it's nice to be able to get answers and then to share those those answers. And I think, um, you know, it's uh, as someone who lives here and knowing what's happening in City Hall, I think it's really important to just share even the, you know, every step along the way of a project. Let the more people know, the more they understand. And so that's really my goal is to, to keep people in the loop, you know, as much as possible. Yeah. The more informed, the less angry they're going to get when right. their and road confused. gets shut down. Or yeah. yeah. And I mean, there are even things that I remember that big dirt pile over by Pernishaw Park. I was convinced for a long time that it was part of the Brook Run improvements. And in fact, it's it's for a new housing development that's that's going over there, up oh, over there. And I know um, that. I was no, there really, um, there's a sign out now. But um, I ha- I took some pictures a few weeks ago and intended to do a post. So I need to get, get on the, that. The drone footage in there. I don't have the drone. The drone is a public works. Um, oh. uh, is they run it because I think you have to be um, a, a licensed to run it. Yeah. So they have been great about sharing their their footage and. and they have the bridge. So somebody yeah. that works here gets paid to fly a drone. Oh no, that's not their Outsource. primary job. No, okay. no, no. They they uh, one of our public works um, team Just members. Just happen to have one. Uh, or it is, I think, a. a, a City equipment, but they they do have the authorization to, to fly it. I want to um, ha- I want to see if they can fly over Austin, the new Austin. I think it'd yeah, be really or take interesting. Yeah, taking out the Brook Run in the next yeah, few months. That yeah, would be absolutely neat, like time lapse. And I think at Brook Run, with the improvements that are coming, we're trying to develop these um, uh, sort of coming soon signs so that you know exactly what's going where mm-hmm. because. You know, I've spent a lot of time on the trail out there. I've read it a whole bunch, and it's still hard to figure yeah. out exactly where everything goes. So I think it'd goes. be great if you're on the trail and you see a sign, you're like, oh, this is where um, the fields uh, will be going up or the, the Great Lawn. Right. Um, just I think I, one thing that got me understanding a little bit better is that all the sports fields are in a little line. Right. So it goes baseball, football, and then that's where the soccer field will be. Got it. Help oh, me helpful. remember a little bit better. Okay. Maybe we'll get a map out and yeah. go through it. <laughs> Pictures don't work with podcasting, so I'll try to explain <laughs> no, it I meant the best after the I can. Show. Sorry, yeah, yeah, no. yeah exactly. <laughs> this is where, is this where we're gonna do a little. <laughs> <laughs> can I ask y'all some questions? Oh my gosh, um, no one's ever asked us questions before. Really? Yeah, sure. Yeah, go for is it. Is that okay? Do yeah. they ask you all the time? Do you feel like you're? Is this too repetitive? Just don't shove a mic in his face. He yeah. doesn't like that. Yeah, I'm gonna get real nervous real quick. <laughs> so tell me what? I mean, how did this come to be? How did the podcast start? Uh, I think we kept like teasing each other, being like, "We should do that," and then you know, eventually, like we called each other's bluffs, and we we're like, "Okay, well, let's just start it." And we did it like in the backyard, first three episodes that were yeah in the backyard, literally Over yeah, a couple of beers. Yeah, wow, I think we got a little drunk. So you know, brothers-in-law don't always get along the way you all do. I don't it's, see them that often. It's only when we podcast. Is that right? So. Uh, yeah, well, I'm just kidding. And no. tonight, we get along. And for Captain Marvel, so yeah, we only see each other like ten times a week. Yeah. Did you already see Captain Marvel? Not yet. Oh. We will. <laughs> I'm not as excited about that one as some of the others. We, I love Marvel movies, but it got but good reviews. It did. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's helpful. That's kind of exciting. Yeah, and it's the first female-led, you know, Marvel movie. After 20 movies, they're finally like... I like that like, it's in the 80s, too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's kind of your... And Samuel L. Jackson will be a young... Mm-hmm. It's a young Samuel L. Jackson. Mm-hmm. So that'd be cool. Um, I, I think we started the podcast... I wanted to just meet people around the community, and I figured this would be a good way to do it. And I knew that he was the only one that would actually make me do it. Right. And knew how to do it, because he already had a podcast. Oh, an really? existing podcast. Well, I teach software tutorials, so I'm familiar with... 
you know, recording into a computer. That's about it. Okay. He talks on camera a lot. Yeah. yeah. Not just like but, you. Yeah. yeah. But just my voice. Not so. Yeah. You do videos sometimes. Rarely. I hate it. Because you I always just... put them in the corner of the tutorial. Yeah. Right? I'd make it smaller and smaller as the. <laughs> Can you see me yet? Yeah. By the eighth tutorial, I'm like, yeah, let's not watch me anymore. <laughs> well, yeah. You sit there and you look at yourself while you're trying to teach, you know. I just... like, oh. And I, I thought this would be absolutely terrifying to be on mic, but it's not. It's easy. I think that is what makes your podcast so. Um, successful is that you're just yourselves and you don't have your reporter voice or you know going if you're somebody else all the time it's tough yeah. to like you can't always keep that up right you know? i um, could be professional for like short periods of time and do a cowboy accent or something for yeah. a while but you can't do it forever <laughs> i think the podcast industry is so interesting like it's just taking off like crazy right but uh, it's been around for a little while i mean what, what do you think it is that why why is it so buzzworthy these days? That is a good I think people are trying to educate themselves through mm-hmm. podcasts. Like that's the stuff I listen to is all nonfiction. A lot of people listen to like fiction and right. books and stuff, but yeah, I think it is. people it's are like... trying to improve themselves and it's kind of a passive way to learn. You can just throw on your headphones. Mm-hmm. And it's like the cheap man's man on the street interview, you know? Yeah. You get... And it does. It gives you some sort of weird clout just by like saying like, oh, like I'm a podcaster, like... I'll talk to you, and then somebody else is like, oh, I guess this guy knows what he's talking about because he has a podcast. No, you know. Yeah, you allow us in here every few weeks, you know? Yeah. I'd never been to City Hall before we did the podcast. Really? Yeah. And now you're going to... DHA meetings and yeah. zoning meetings. I mean, you're everywhere. Uh, all, all this stuff that you can just walk into. Still not making any decisions. So, <laughs> well, do just, you, do you see that down the just road? Kind of attending. We, uh, what like working here or no? Or no, no, no. But just being a decision maker, just getting more involved no, that way on a committee uh, or maybe no, someday. yeah, yeah. We'll see. But now it's just sort of information gathering. You know yeah, how it is. I just do sometimes, it because it's fun. Yeah. Sometimes it's nice to just sit back and report. Yeah. You, know? you don't have to be responsible for. And we can pick our stories, too. You never got to pick your stories, you know? Right. When they were saying, go to a crack house and interview this person, that was probably <laughs> well, I did a little to... scary, wasn't it? Um, no, I did have to do some confrontations when I was doing some investigative work. And I always, or, or and sometimes we would do surveillance when we would sit in the car. And you would, you would get so excited or kind of, you know, amped up about it. And then you get there and you're like, oh, how am I going to not fall asleep during, <laughs> while yeah. we're waiting for this guy to come out? Yeah. Um, kind of taking turns with your photographer. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and I did get a chance to choose um, a lot of my stories at 11 Alive, which I think is part of what I loved about the job for so long is, yes, absolutely um, had to run out the door for breaking news and, and, and couldn't um, pick and choose every day, but really appreciated the ones where we could, um, you know, tell a story uh, um, about something that I was interested in, intrigued by, or felt passionate about. And so I think that that's... Um, but I also loved breaking news. Yeah. Did and you have to have the seniority to pick the stories that you wanted? Uh, maybe a little bit. When you were a rookie, they just sent you anywhere? Yeah. I works? think also when you're a rookie, you don't have as many. I mean, you're just new to the city and new to the area, so you're still trying to feeling, sort of feeling things out. Right. Um, but I was, uh, I had only been on the job for about three weeks before the Birmingham bombing happened. And I was the only one in the newsroom at the time, the only reporter that, that morning. And, uh, you know, as the rookie reporter and the news director looked out and just said, why don't you go? And so it, it was, you know, an awful uh, 
thing that happened, uh, but it was a, 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 a challenge for me and a, a good early experience with breaking news. And, you know, then that ended up being the event that led to the eventual capture of Eric Robert Rudolph, um, you know, many years later after the search, but I was involved in that whole, you know, we went to the mountains and would spend weeks there as the FBI and ATF were searching for him. So it was a really interesting early experience yeah, at the station. Yeah, they always say in reporting, it's better to be lucky than good. And, you know, just being, and in, I, I, I don't mean to say it was lucky that I was in the newsroom, but, but in many cases, and police probably feel this way as well, too, that sometimes, you know, it's just that lucky break yeah. that makes a difference. And, um, you know, sometimes it's lucky if you're the first person on the scene. And sometimes, you know, if you're, if you're the last, you end up with the best information. But, um, but I really enjoyed sort of the adrenaline of breaking news for a really long time until I sort of felt like that was out of my system. Um, but, but kind of along those lines, um, I remember there was a um, missing little girl in um, Cherokee County. Um, and we went out the morning that she went missing, and um, we were the first on that scene, and it was, she was in an apartment complex, and no one had seen her, and they were very worried, and they were just starting to search for her. And we were in the clubhouse that morning talking to some of the people who worked there and getting permission to shoot inside where they were sort of starting to stay, you know, to uh, start their headquarters um, command center there. And uh, this went on for several days, the search for her. And um, Jarelli's Rivera was her name. And she, they ended up finding her body and she had been murdered. And um, it was a, a terrible case. Uh, I was actually, they, they um, ended up saw, catching the guy um, when I was off. And I remember looking on my phone and they had emailed out his picture or a mugshot. And I looked at him and I literally gasped because he worked at the apartment complex and I had seen him that morning, that very first morning, I had talked to him oh. about looking for her and what was happening in the command center. And, you know, he was right in there with everybody. And oh, he ended up being, creepy. yeah. I mean, I just, and I immediately called the photographer I was with that morning. I said, have you seen? I mean, that, we talked to him and we went back and we looked at our video from that morning and we did not have him on video because we did take some, you know, pictures of the, um, of the command center. But that was really alarming and just one of those moments. And it was just such a terrible case. It really um, shook me for, for a while. Yeah. I bet you saw a few of those, huh? The yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, there were a lot, this, this tornado that just hit, I mean, you know, it, there were many times when we would go to those scenes and, um, you know, just so sad and devastating. And you do t try to remove yourself to a great extent because you are there to, to get the facts and to tell the story. No crying. Right. I mean, I think when you, when I became a mother, it did become more difficult and I, um, uh, but you, but almost, we certainly weren't trained like doctors, but I, but I've heard that when you work in an emergency room, you sort of, you know, you do have to sort of distance yourself emotionally from some of the stuff just because it keeps coming. And, and I don't mean to compare, compare reporters to, to doctors in no, any way. I think but, that's pretty accurate. Yeah, Sasha's a nurse and right. she eventually, she worked at Children's and she eventually just left. She was like, she worked with um, cystic fibrosis kids. And yeah. Wow. Dying. Oh my gosh. Yeah, eventually you just have to get out. And, right. 
I um, witnessed an execution in Texas in my first job. And I remember people would ask how I did that. And that, I was very young in my career. I mean, I was fresh out of school. And I remember um, I really wanted to do that as I felt like as a journalist, that was important because at every execution, you have uh, reporters there to record and witness and and kind of make sure everything goes by the book. And I remember in that case, I really, um, I was very focused on on documenting everything. And so... I thought you were going to say getting popcorn before. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, uh, They didn't offer that at at this prison, uh, as far as I I know. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I just remember um, being more concerned about, you know, looking at the time and figuring out who was who and um, then letting my emotions uh, get involved in it. And and that probably carried through um, many of the stories throughout my career. Yeah, is there kind of like a... (laughs) There's like a viewing room, right? Yeah, they're literally... Well, because that's where the family members will go, too. Yeah. I was about to say, is it like the bride side, the groom side? And you're looking around like, hey, who's here for... Yeah, I think in this case that he did not have anybody. So it wasn't that kind of back and forth. But... um, And I don't know. I'm I'm sure every prison's different if they sometimes have separation between the two. But um, in this case... He didn't have anyone, so it didn't so, matter. So you yeah. were probably only a couple family members there. Yeah. You burn most of your bridges if yeah. you're getting executed. Yeah, works. but they will, they will have the victims, um, family members, uh, have a chance to, if they want, if they choose, usually to, to witness as well. They're as the ones the with the popcorn. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Hooting and hollering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were you part of any other big stories that, I mean, you did it for so long. How long yeah, I was in. Um, I was in Atlanta. I, I was at Eleven Alive for almost twenty-one years. It's not anchoring; it's reporting. A reporting, right? yes. Okay. Yeah, I did some fill-in anchoring. Anchor the people behind the desk, exactly. I okay. And I did some fill-in um, anchoring work, uh, but mostly field reporting. Um, a little stint as um, uh, investigative reporting, but um, and I did all the shifts. Morning, I loved mornings, um, but I did the night shift for a while, day shift, um, weekends definitely. So, um, gosh. You know, I remember one of the most memorable was the um, was the uh, cotton mill fire downtown, and um, that was one where we were one of the last crews sent out. I thought we're not going to be able to see anything, and we found this great angle, and ended up winning a regional Emmy award for the story that we did on Spot News because it was just. Um, we saw all of these people looking up. And it, have y'all, I mean, you, I don't know if you're around, but it was this amazing rescue. This, um, there was this uh, fire at the cotton mill lofts that they, were re- that they were renovating at the time. And I'm sorry, I don't know the year. I think it was maybe 99 or 2000. And a fire started and there was a man working in a crane who was stuck. And the flames were coming up. I mean, it was so dramatic. They brought in a helicopter and... Um, brought down a rope with a firefighter on it who literally grabbed the man and took him back up and they flew away and rescued him. I mean, in all of the area, it was live on TV. And you it got was, there late and got that perfect shot. Yeah, I got the perfect shot. Part of the building was collapsing at the time and really, really, really was amazing. Yeah. So wait, and, he grabbed onto the ladder that was like strung yeah, down from the helicopter? Yeah, yeah. There was a rope with a firefighter on the end. Oh, wow. Um, and the firefighter grabbed him and literally literally carried him and you know they 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 flew off and that's kind of tragic you don't want that i mean if you're gonna if you're gonna like for a helicopter rescue you want to hold on to the ladder yourself you don't want some guy grabbing you uh, that's probably the well, I don't know. As if a they, man, he should yeah, have just been he hanging. Just be like, no, 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 no. Come no. back without the other guy. That's For safety like, purposes. I think right, it probably. was. I think it was okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no. 
order a different helicopter. <laughs> no, because I don't think that they, you know, they don't know if you're going to hang on. So the firefighter has to hang on to you. Ooh. So you can't just send an empty ladder or a rope. He lost his man card. That's should, all. Yeah. Any guy, you guys any guy up on scaffolding should be able to pull himself up onto a ladder at least. You he should be doing tough. chin-ups while he's hanging there. <laughs> Man, there's also the Dunwoody. I mean, well, the Dunwoody tornado happened um, shortly after I moved here. Yeah. Um, and that we spent so much time covering that and and um, out in the community, and obviously that had la- a lasting impact on on our community, and it ended up inspiring Lemonade Days, which is still yeah. hugely successful Some and good coming out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's a, a testament to to this community and how it bounces back and rallies and supports you know how people support one another which is um really special when you get lemons you make lemonade <laughs> some people don't know that that's why it's called lemonade i didn't days. know yeah. it i didn't know it. in fact we just did our new dunwoody digest our quarterly newsletter and we have a little uh, page on that where we talk about it because i you know i've lived here all these years and i don't remember that connection yeah so we've had a couple of the people been on the show that were part of the original lemonade days and it's huge now. I mean, it's so popular. It's really, really fun. Um, I now have a middle schooler, and I didn't realize that, you know, they can go right after school and drop off their backpack and check it in and hang out. If you so. don't, yeah, if you didn't realize middle schoolers there were there, they're all on the left side over by the big rides. Right. That's the middle school. They're trying to keep area. them separated from yeah. the. They don't want to, well, their parents are the families. on the other part. Yes. You know, so. Yeah. You know, middle schoolers are. That's right. That's yeah. right. Did you have you ever gone on the Gravitron at Lemonade Days? It's horrible. It's no, just it's is that like, where you stick to the wall. Yeah, yeah. I went on one of those growing up, and right. I wouldn't do that again. Yeah, I had no idea what I was in for. It's like something that they put the astronauts through. So, how like did the, you not know though? I don't know. I thought it wasn't going to be that bad or something like that. I mean, yeah, I got it that it was going to like spin me around, but. So anyway, yeah, I, you're getting those, like, G-forces, and I'm, like, up against the wall. And then there's all these, like, middle schoolers, like, in the front of the thing doing cartwheels, you know? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, there's no way that that's actually the mechanics of what I'm doing here, that, uh, you know, I'm just going to be stuck to a wall for part of this. But you yeah, survived? Sure. Barely. You didn't get sick? I, it's the closest I've ever gotten, Re- like, motion sickness. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I definitely wanted to throw up. I'm glad it didn't happen. I'm glad. But nobody did. ever does. I mean, really? It's you know? Really, I don't know. I feel like I saw hoses in there. It's And that is where episode 78 will end. Wait, don't fast forward or change podcast yet. Make sure you subscribe to the show to get the second part of the conversation right when it comes out. If you're old or don't listen to podcasts and are a little unsure of how to subscribe, here's what you do. You're probably holding an iPhone. Press the home button and say, Siri, subscribe to What's Up Dunwoody Podcast. Just to confirm, would you like to subscribe to the podcast What's Up Dunwoody by Matthew Weber? Yes. That's it. Now we can hang out next week, too.